Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Lauren and RJ, the Frangie Show starts now on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Hey, welcome in, guys, along for the ride on this Tuesday installment of the program. Our Tuesdays, as always, are brought to you by my friends at the Nimnick family of dealerships. That's Nimnick Chevrolet on Cassett Avenue. Nimnick Buick GMC is located on Phillips Highway, two outstanding car dealerships. Uh, my friend Billy Nimnick, Lee Nimnick, all those folks do a wonderful job. Been buying my cars there since 1982. And I'll keep right on doing so. You should as well. You want a car, Nimnick is the place to go. Frangie, Carly, and Brooks, RJ Saunders with you. RJ, were you watching that 70-point affair? 70-point? I'm so upset that I wasn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was in the middle of watching a movie last night, an old movie. And, uh, yeah, I wake up this morning, and Embiid had a 70-piece. And I'm like, what? What, what happened? Watch the entire highlights. Insane. Yeah, he's like really good. I mean, he doesn't. He, we don't know. Everyone talks about Giannis and Jokic. Yeah, he's he's really good. He's averaging thirty six point one points a game this that? season, and that? this would be his third straight scoring title. The thing that I was so amazed by is it's a seventy point game, and and obviously he's a big guy. He was twenty one at twenty three at the line. Like that? that's unbelievable discipline, concentration, well, and here's talent. The- and here's the thing, and RJ, you know this because you follow the, the league closely, the association closely. It's hard for big guys to be good three free throw shooters. Their hands are too big. There's a reason the big guys are not typically good free throw shooters. Now, now, uh, RJ Akeem was very good. Yes. You know, Ewing was good, but for the most part, seven footers are, are, are not great free throw shooters. He's a very good one. Oh no, he's a very good free throw shooter. But it, it seems now to me that a lot of these guys. Um, especially in the NBA, if you're going to be a stretch big or if you're a guy that has a size like Embiid or uh, or a joker, you're going to have to be a good free throw shooter just to stay on the floor as long as you're able to. And Embiid, with his size and his strength and his versatility, is able to create a lot of fouls. Now, some of those fouls can be questionable at times, but uh, when he's able to get to the line, he's able to convert his free throws. So just definitely understanding how to manipulate certain calls and uh, get to the line at a at a high rate. I think everybody knows every big guy's a stretch big now. If you can't shoot, you don't play. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, there, there's not there's not a whole lot of throw it inside to a guy. And if that's all he can do, there really isn't. So, but anyway, what a game last night. So, we'll hear a little bit more about that coming up later on. RJ put together a little package for us on Joel Embiid. Uh, uh, I saw the Bucks are firing their head coach. Yeah. He just got there, and they're in second place. That seems a little surprising. Yeah, what's the story there, RJ? There has to be something going on. I was shocked to see it. Um, you know, I'm a top three team in the Eastern Conference, and you're firing your head coach. Yeah. Um, maybe there's trouble in paradise between he and – and Giannis Antetokounmpo, or that would do it. That, if that if would, you're having trouble it. with your star player and he wants you gone, I I believe that you'd be the odd man out. Yeah, yeah, you would think so. Adrian Griffin is the coach we talked about on his way out for the for the both. By the way, if at 36 points, where does that rank in his last two scoring titles? And it's where, above by and, like significantly. And where would that rank among all time? I would think it's got to be 
Will? I don't. Did Jordan ever average thirty six in a year? I don't remember. I mean, it doesn't that feel like he did? The most ever was Chamberlain, averaged fifty the one year. Yeah. But other than that, I don't think anyone's been near that. I, what, 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 I can't think of a player that was that I mean, deep I mean, into the thirties, averaging thirty six for a yeah. season. I mean, usually the scoring title comes in around thirty one, thirty two. That's right. That's right. Where. Uh, I mean, I want, I mean, it's got to be – if it's not a record, it's not a record. I remember there was a year, I want to say it was either – I think it was Kobe, averaged yeah. 35 one year. Could be, could be. But, I I mean, after Wilt's 50, I don't think anything else has been close to that. So, pretty amazing stuff. Played at the Rock, uh, by the Wilt way. is second and third on the list. Is he 44 really? 44 and then 38. Okay, so 50, 44, and 30. So, th- so if you take Wilt out, who's next? Next, only he's fourth as well, 37. Uh, then Michael Jordan, 37. Jordan did have 37. His okay, second, okay, so or excuse okay. me, his third year in the league, he was at 37.1. Next year, yeah. 35 even. Yeah. Uh, he had he was 33.6 in 89 and 90, 32.6 in 92-93. So, yeah. So, Chamberlain's four years. Chamberlain's he, one, two, three, four, and six. Yeah. The and, only one in there is Michael Jordan. Yeah. So, so if you, and again, Chamberlain was a seven-footer that nobody could run, could play like. You know, so so he was going to be there. So interesting. So Jordan, Jordan, early a, Jordan before yeah. like the Bulls had talent uh, all, around all the guys. Them. Yeah, interesting. yeah. So what a, what a year this would be for Joel Embiid. All right, a lot of things to talk about today. We got a Duval County Scholar athlete, high school athlete stopping by. A uh, very important news for all of us. I know this will excite you guys. Uh, I will do my annual uh, uh, Sports Month Power Poll, uh, one through twelve. I'll go. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's similar to the previous, but there may there may be a tweak or two. You never know. It's very exciting. Uh, I know that all of America is waiting to hear that. So, because uh, I don't February doesn't move the needle for me. Now it's not last. It's not last. But February, and I love the Super Bowl. Yeah. And I love the NFL playoffs. But I mean, right. I mean, I got no baseball. Well, do you I got no college football? College basketball doesn't move the needle yet for me. That's what I'm telling. You. And I'm not an NASCAR guy. So that's do what you I'm even with. get? I don't. I think the Super Bowl is the only playoff game you get. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you, yeah, the Super Bowl is the it on February 11th. Other than that, there's no football. In yeah, February. so February is very low, very low on the list. I just want you to know that I can't, t- I can't give away the poll. Uh, Hayes, I know you're dying for me too. That's going to come yeah. up later on the program. I can't okay. scoot myself on this, but uh, just, I already took a picture of it. <laughs> so there I you couldn't go. wait. <laughs> so there's that. Um, uh, so all kind of things. To get. I want to talk about who you, who you, who you rooting for. That's certainly a question today. I want to get to who, who you rooting for. Who are the best pros from every school? Best pro. I want to go through a bunch of schools, not just our schools. Not best college player there, but the best pro. Because FSU's got three Heisman winners, but the best pro wasn't any of them. Mm-hmm. Florida's got three Heisman winners. The best pro wasn't any of them. So I wonder how often that's the case. Right. So it is kind of fun. So we'll go through a little, kind of a fun list like that. Uh, Mel Kuyper's got a mock out. That's right. Um has hair moved? Has his hair moved at all since last year? Or since nineteen sixty-five? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, um, he's consistent. I, and I and I know and I know and I know that you got to do mocks before free agency because everybody loves mocks. So there'll be eight thousand mocks. I get it. And 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 I get it. And, and they I, have more of the order now, right. you know, because of the, right. the weekend so, that was. So people love mocks, and you got to do mocks. I get that. I understand how the business works, and I love mocks. I, I say that I read all of them. And I know free agency hadn't happened yet, and I know the Jags just signed a uh, defensive coordinator that everybody thinks wants a blitz-and-play press man. I, I, I get all the variables. But are you buying into all the cornerback stuff every time you look up? Someone's mocking a corner to the Jags. Do you buy it? I, I mean, I buy it as a need. I, I think, again, there's so many things that have to play out before you, right. you have a, more of an idea on it. But I don't, I don't think it'd be a, a bad pick. It's not necessarily what, what I would do. 
Uh, it's it's not necessarily what I would hope that they would do, but but I would I would get it. Tyson Campbell's coming up at the end of his rookie contract, and you're not really sure what you have there. Do you have a great player? Do you have an average player? Uh, Darius Williams is probably his last year, and you need a nickel. So I uh, I mean I I certainly see it as a need. It, it, to me, it's it would have to line up pretty well for me to go corner at 17. But yeah, I mean, if the board fell that way, if I, if I like that corner way more than, you know, let's say you're, you're looking at the sixth best receiver in the draft by that point. I, and maybe I'm not quite ready to, to pull the trigger on an interior offensive lineman or defensive lineman. Maybe, you know, you feel like second, third round or deeper, you could address that. Then. Yeah. I think, I think corner would make some sense. So I, I, I'm not as blown away by it. But I also don't think it's as I don't think it's as locked in as you might think, seeing that so many people are mocking a corner at seventeen. Yeah, I get the reasons that they are mocking a corner because of the fact, to Hayes's point, you're not sure what you're going to have moving forward, and a lot of times people look at the future of position groups and they say that's a hole. We're going to go ahead and fill that. I would be surprised if that's what ends up happening, but I think, like we said, free agency matters so much. But I don't, Frank. I don't remember looking back at most of last season going the Jaguars pass defense was atrocious that's where they've got to improve yeah yeah that, and that's kind of where I am too when we come back I'm going to start with a ranking of what I think the needs are by position uh let's start with talking Jaguars I love to talk Jaguars I want to talk about the games coming up this weekend uh there's four teams left standing who are you rooting for what are your expectations that comes up best player from every school we'll do that a little bit a Kuiper mock is out there Joel Embiid went for 70 there's all kind of fun stuff going on on the program today. Even got a thought or two about college basketball. We're loaded up. Glad you're with us on a Tuesday. It's brought to you by Nimnik. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on The Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. Frank Franzi hates Carlyon, Lauren Brooks, R.J. Saunders with you on a Nimnik Tuesday. So here's my thought. Look, you can, get, you can get better at cornerback. You can get better at a lot of spots. But if you told me right now they were playing with Tyson Campbell and Darius Williams outside, is Trey Herndon a free agent? I think he's a free agent, right? Is he, or is yeah, he? that's correct. Yeah. So but if they were playing outside – with Tyson Campbell and Darius Williams, they re-signed uh, Herndon and then had to make a decision whether Antonio Johnson was going to be the nickel again because everyone's going big nickel now or whether they, whether he was going to be the safety if, if Rashad Jenkins in back. If, if, you, if you told me that's kind of where they are, I would say you could do a lot worse than that. But they've got to fix the interior of those lines. And so – Again, I keep seeing corner, 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 corner. And, and again, I'm not saying it's not a need. And maybe the assumption is they're going to go sign a bunch of big physical guys in, inside in free agency. But my order, if you asked me, I would go interior offensive line one, interior defensive line two, an additional edge guy three, one more receiver, four, and then I might get the cornerback. That, that if, if, I was, if I was ranking needs, 
it would be interior O1, interior D2, additional edge 3. And by the way, they only have two edge guys. So that's obviously a need. But I think those the interiors of the lines are more important. So corner is way down there, at least for me. Yeah, I, I, I would have corner uh, fourth uh, behind interior offensive line, interior defensive line receiver, and then corner. Uh, but I'd be fine with an edge. I, I think, again, with 17, it's surprising they're drafting this high, considering they started 8-3. and three. But at 17, it, it's hard to predict because at 17, somebody special will fall. And that's what it's – it's just hard to project who that's going to be. If it's Jared Verse, to me, even though Edge may not be a huge need because you feel like you've got your two, assuming Josh Allen's back and obviously Trayvon Walker, like I would take Jared Verse if he was at 17 because I think he's going to be phenomenal as a pro. So for me, I would take Jared Verse, and I wouldn't really worry about the need so much. Value over need. Yeah, I, I, I would I, just – I think he's yeah. the best player – at that spot. Well, and, and by the way, I, I hear, and I'm talking more about this conversation about need because yeah. I agree with that. Take the best player unless you have a glaring need somewhere. Yeah, and so that's the, that's the thing at 17. Now, maybe it will be corner. You know, maybe, you know, if Arnold is there, then, you know, maybe it's just, it's, it's, such a, a, it's such a great player and they feel like it's a special player. Then, you know, that, that I think bumps bumps the position up so so much of this is going to be it's it's odd because they haven't drafted in this spot that's what I was in just so about. long it's yeah. either been right <laughs> at the top or right in the top 10 or there's been a couple years where they've been really late in the 20s I uh, and and you know they fall pretty much dead in the middle of the first round and I so I, I think it's it's hard to predict who it will be because they really should they should have a list of like six guys with the idea of one of these six is going to fall and we're taking whichever of these six fall to 17. I, and you know, and, and again, I'd be fine with a, a guard or center. First off, we don't even really know how they feel about Fortner. I mean, for all we know, they may get up there and say either, either at the combine or, you know, if, if they do have a media session at some point, uh, by the way, the Bills general manager today spoke for 52 minutes, so feel free to match that. Um, but uh, in looking at it, they may get up there and say, well, you know, Luke was going through some things. We're still really confident in Luke. He's absolutely our center next year. We believe he's got a really bright future. Uh, or they may say, you know, obviously we would have liked to have seen a little bit more out of Luke. We probably need to bring in some competition there. It doesn't mean that, you know, we've soured on Luke, but we probably need to, you know, they're not going to say hedge our bets, but hedge our bets. Um, but at 17, taking a center, taking a guard, I, you're probably getting the best guy off the board, which is appealing, but it's just not uh, as premium a position. So do you want to take that there? And again, these are the things they're going to have to wrestle with unless they address it in free agency. You know, I, I think taking a defensive tackle at 17 makes a ton of sense. I mean, when was the last defensive tackle that this team had, and I can tell you it's Malik Jackson, but, I mean, it's been a while, that a defensive tackle that could legitimately get inside pass rush. They just don't have it. Devon Hamilton is sort of the perennial you hope, you hope, and it just hasn't gotten there. Uh, and, and so it's hard for me to count on it's going to ever be there. 
Uh, and, you know, so if, if there's a guy at 17 at defensive tackle that they feel like moves well enough that could affect the pocket, that would really intrigue me. Uh, and then, obviously, if, if they end up either not bringing Ridley back or they release, say, Jones, I think receiver at 17 makes sense. So, I mean, there's a number of ways they can go. I wouldn't be surprised if it's corner. Uh, if it is corner, I would certainly understand it. But my hope is that Jared Verse falls to 17. Uh, and if he's not there, is it, you know, I think Keon Coleman is a special player. And, I, and I, it's not because they both went to, I mean, they just, from watching their games this year, they both look like they're not going to miss in the NFL. Yeah, I would say I'm with you, Frank. I think corner is fifth on the list. Interior offensive line, interior defensive line, I think those are dead even. And by the way, that's not where you want to be heading into a season is that you need to supplement both uh, or add to both of your lines of scrimmage. That's where you really want to have the strongest units on your team. But that's where they are. Uh, I would say wide receiver three and edge rush depth there. Four, but again, you have to have Josh Allen here for us not to put edge rush almost first. If Josh Allen for some reason is on this team, then obviously that jumps to the top, and that's when you are talking about drafting Jared Verse. The the tricky part is with the offensive line, like we've talked about, what is Cam Robinson next season? Is he a Jaguar or is he not? Because if he is, then you have a little bit more wiggle room with those guys. Yeah, I think ta- offensive tackle will be okay. Because I think Anton Harrison is going to be a really good player, and he's going to play one of those spots. And if it was me, I'd be very interested in bringing back Cam and leaving him there and leaving him at left and putting Anton at right again for another year and and, and then worry about, you know, Cam does have another year on his contract, so you don't have to do anything special. You just pay him. Um, and you're going to pay a free agent if that's the route you go, yeah, a lot and, of money. Well, and I, and I think if they didn't – what I think they would do, Lauren, is I think – I can tell you at some point during the season – the next year plan was Anton Harrison to left tackle and Walker Little to right tackle. I can tell you that was at some point that was the plan. Now, does that change any because of the way the season ended? And and if, with me, it might. If it was me, I think it would change a little bit. There's, it's okay to have three tackles you like, you know. So then you're pretty good. There. Here's the interesting thing about the interior offensive and defensive lines: they're pretty good outside those spots. If they if they don't cut Cam Robinson, they're pretty good at tackle now. If you got Cam Robinson, Anton Harrison, and Walker Little's your swing tackle. Walker Little Hayes would be in the top what percentage of swing tackles? One percent. Yeah, so you, so you'd be pretty good there. So if that if that's your swing tackle, if, if that so your tack and your edges are pretty. If Trayvon Walker continues to take the next step, which he had the, which he did this year, then your edges are pretty. So the outside of both lines are pretty good. It's the it's the dang inside where they really struggle. Because of the fact that Trent Bulky drafted Walker Little early in the second round, is there any sort of pushback going on yeah, as far you, you know, as Trent wanting yeah. Walker to start, Doug saying he's going to well, be our swing tackle? Well, well let, me, let me say this about all that. First of all, you always wonder, yes, I, I would say, I'm not, this isn't a Trent thing. This isn't everybody thing. People always lean to the guys they drafted. That, 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 every general manager does that. I will tell you this. I know there's, and I feel strongly about this. I know there's this conversation about rift between Doug and Trent. Trent wanted this guy. Somebody said Doug wanted a different coach. This guy, he wanted to draft this guy, play this guy. He wanted to play this guy. He criticized this coaching. Let me tell you one thing I can definitively tell you. Okay, and this is no knock on Trent Baalke. If he's here for a while, fine. If they they move on from him, bring another general manager in, fine. But I can tell you it's Doug Peterson's team. Okay, I will tell you this belief out there that Doug Doug didn't want 
Ryan Nielsen and it was shoved on him, trust me on this. That's not what happened. Okay. The, the Doug Peterson has earned the right to make key decisions with the players and the staff. Now, the general manager picks the players. I get that. But Doug Peterson has, has earned the right to, be, to, to make the, the gigantic decisions as it relates to staffing and personnel. And don't think for a minute anything's getting shoved. So, Hayes, you've seen it all, too. That, that, that there's, there's been talk about this. That's not what happened. Okay, so, I mean, I, I, will, I will tell you. Uh, it does. Doug Peterson is in charge. Now, he's not in charge of everything. The general manager in charge of all football ops and equipment and this in and travel and, and all that. The general manager is the, bo- is the football boss. The way this thing's currently configured, the general manager is the football boss. But don't think for a minute that he's the boss of staffing moves and key personnel moves. I don't believe he is. So, so I, I, I can believe what you want to believe, but I, there's, there's no chance that, that Shad Khan is going to tell Doug Peterson, hey, Doug, you may not like this defensive coordinator, but you're going to have to live with it because the GM picked him. It's not like that. If you don't believe anything else I tell you, believe that. It's not like that. We'll take a break. When we come back, our Duval County uh, Scholar Athlete of the Week is up. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. And now, this week's Scholar Athlete of the Week. Brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialists and the Plumbers and Pipefitters Local Union 234 on 1010XL. This week's Scholar Athlete is Morgan Wilkerson, a senior at Riverside. Morgan, congratulations and thank you for joining us. Absolutely. All right, so you are into both weightlifting and golf. Which one of those came first? Which one do you like better? Golf came first. Uh, I started getting interested in golf when I was like seven, and my mom put me in the first tee program. Weightlifting is more recent. Like I started, I think, my senior year, so this year. But it, both sports are fun. I love both of them. Great communities in both of those sports. Nice. Uh, tell me about the first, the first tee program. I hear so many good things about it. Tell me about starting it, what it's been like. Tell people what, what it's like to be part of that. Being a part of the first tee program, it's just a good atmosphere overall. Like they really just teach kids like core values, like confidence, perseverance, honesty, everything that really comes with golf. So being able to learn life skills as well as golf skills just really helps me and helps other kids as well with their future. That is such a neat thing. And so, mm-hmm. so you, you practice golf, you learn golf. Is there like a community of other people that are involved in it with you? Yes. Um, there's a lot of kids my age. I'm in like multiple golf programs. So another one is more Myers where like they really focus around um, seniors but as well as kids. But they want to focus on seniors because, you know, it's your last year. So yeah. you really want to make a statement for what you want to do in college. But both programs really do help you um, academically and athletically. So just great for me and great for other kids as well. What's the strength of your golf game? The strength of my golf game? I would say my irons are my driver. I tend to hit far sometimes, but um, those two are the best for me right now, yeah. Who's your favorite golfer and why? My favorite golfer, uh, Justin Rose. I was able to meet him at the TPC, um, the players match. I also got a picture with him. He's just a cool dude. Overall, she's like a great atmosphere, a great guy, and just positive. And a good golfer, too. Yes, <laughs> of course. That is really neat. That is really, So tell us about going to the, you went to the players. Tell mm-hmm. us, take us through the whole experience. You met him. Tell me about going out there. I, okay, before the players, like where I actually like went to the, like, actual match uh, I was I was blessed to have a program that was also with Fritz T where we went to TPC to learn and 
play at the players, like mm-hmm. the actual Sawgrass course. Through that, we met Justin and got to take pictures as well as get some like life skills and questions from him as well. So I met him there, and then I was also blessed to go see him actually play in the matches later on. So. Very cool. Morgan, what schools are you looking at, and will golf be a part of that decision? Schools I'm currently looking at is like FAU, Florida Atlantic University, uh, Florida International University, and possibly Bethune-Cookman. I've been accepted into those three as well as others, but for golf, I'm looking at those schools to play, possibly. What's harder, studying or weightlifting? (laughs) Good question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, I would say weightlifting (laughs) because studying, I would say it's like it's easy when I'm organized and I have everything in front of me and I can just buckle down and work but uh, not being as athletic as I was possibly when I was like 10 or something but having to like lift weights and like having to really weigh in and get more weights on those bars is incredibly hard for me. <laughs> Morgan what would you like to study in college? What's, what's the plan down the road? I would like to study criminal justice possibly go down the FBI route and work for the government. Wow mm-hmm. very cool. What are some of the clubs and extracurricular things that you've done in your high school career that you're proud of? Um, I'm proud of being in my Black History Club. That's the Sankofa Club, as well as being in National Honor Society. Um, another club, it's not really school-related, but I'm in the Police Athletic League as well, where we do volunteering and we really reach out to the community that way. Yeah. We found out that you're a Beatles fan. How many yes. friends <laughs> your age are Beatles fans? Not many. <laughs> I'm trying to hook them up, but they don't... <laughs> They're not feeling them right now. <laughs> I can understand that. They're a little bit older. Yeah. All right, Morgan Wilkerson. You, you, you are really nice. It's fun having you in here. Morgan Wilkerson <laughs> from Riverside High School, a very deserving Duval County Scholar Athlete of the Week, and she plays golf and weightlifts, and she's on her way to maybe do that in college. So, Morgan, great to meet you. Thanks for coming Thank by. Thank you for having me. All right, Morgan Wilkerson from a Riverside High School is our Duval County Scholar Athlete of the Week. What a delight she is. And it was great having her in here, getting to know her. Uh, from Riverside High School and uh, plays golf, uh, weightlifts, gets in a fantastic student and is involved in all kind of a neat opportunity. Wasn't she nice? That was a lot I mean, of fun. Wasn't she Absolutely. Cool? What a, what a Isn't that why you lift weights? It so is. So that you can is. Yeah, drive uh, the ball farther? No question. I mean, I mean, obviously, uh, I've probably, I mean, I'm way long off the tee now. Ever since I started lifting weights, I've gone from like 215 to 220 off the tee. <laughs> okay, no, no, t- yeah. sky's the limit Yeah, now. but right down the middle. <laughs> right, right. I do, I do 10 hit it down the middle, so... Uh, uh, so there you go. So we. Do you wish you had played golf in high school? Is no, it, was that a thing back then? No, and I and you know what I was. I've told you this before. I wish I had played football and basketball in high school. My one of my big regrets is that I didn't play both. I was never good enough at golf. I didn't even start playing golf until I was older. I play, started playing golf when I was like thirty. So, I, I, but I would have never been football. I should have played football and basketball. That, that I, I've kicked myself for that seven thousand times. But I was never. Yeah, I'm. I'm your weekend. I'm your weekend when I'm playing well. I'm a 9 or 10. When I'm not playing so well, I'm a 12. I'm going to break 80 once every seven or eight rounds and shoot 83 more than not. So I'm, I'm not a guy. I would have never been great. At, some, some guys have a natural aptitude for golf. I would have never been that guy. I just wonder if you'd learned, like most of us, if you learned something when you're younger, are you going to be better at it when you get yeah. older? Well, now I will say this. I think golf particularly, and and – there could be exceptions to this, and golf people could tell me I'm wrong about this. But I think nowadays, Lauren, if you don't play it, if you're not in junior golf, I don't think you have a chance. I, I, I don't I don't think you have a chance. I don't think you have a chance to, I mean, make a career out of it. In terms of playing on tour, you may become a club pro or whatnot. But, I mean, to become a, 
a, a competitive tour pro. I, I I think it's one of those sports. I, I, aren't most sports for the most part like that? I think so. I yeah. mean, when you think about it, there's how many golfers in the world are going to make really huge money year in and year out? 150 maybe yeah. in the world. Right. Right. I mean, when you think about comparing that to as exclusive as the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball are, there's more than 150. You know, but but there's not positions in golf. It's you're just a golfer and you know, you're competing against everybody else. And so I, I think, I, it, and it's a global sport. I mean, it's played around the world and uh, more so than probably, I think, I'd say probably certainly more so than football, yeah, more than right. baseball. I would think more than basketball, but basketball's made great strides in that. Um, but, you know, the other thing too is, you know, basketball is a sport that is going to eliminate 80% of the population <laughs> right. because height is such a big factor in it. Yeah. Whereas with golf, you don't have to be, it helps if you're a great athlete, but you don't have to be a great athlete. So it's way more inclusive in terms of people that can start right. it That's right. and That's get good at it. So I would say to be world-class in golf is probably the hardest sport to be a world-class player in. And you're, the point is great. More people are doing it for the reason you said. You don't have to be a certain size. You don't have to run a certain speed, um, but you have to be. But it's so hard to be really good. You know, he's a really good golfer. I think I've told you guys this. You know, Josh Peterson, Doug's son, who's the tight end on the Jaguars. Double of forty nine. Yeah, <laughs> he's a really good. Like he's a plus one. I mean, which is which. There's not many. There's not many people you know that are plus handicaps. A lot of people. Uh, Scratch is really good. Josh Scobie's a plus handicap, but there's not many guys that are not not professional players. Doug told me the stories that he, Doug. They were living in Louisiana. And I guess Doug was coaching high school maybe then at the time because maybe he was a high school coach in Louisiana. They were in, he played college football there, and and Josh was he started with he was a baseball player. He played, played baseball and played baseball and played baseball, and then he took up golf, and was such a natural at it that he was going toe to toe with two players in Louisiana, and he just couldn't quite beat them. But he was toe to toe with them, and then he then he then I don't think he took up football till late in high school, and then became a football player obviously uh, as a tight end now. The two players he was going toe to toe with in college, in, in like high school coming up, David Tom's son, and Sam Burns. Wow. He was. I mean, he was. He was. He in Doug said he was right. Now he wasn't beating them. They were beating him, but he said he was right there with, right there with Sam Burns. He's that that good of a player, and uh, so so. And then obviously he made his way to football. But to your point, what is he six five two forty somewhere thereabouts? Yeah. So imagine if that guy had made it had stayed had moved on in golf. That's what they don't have a lot of. Yeah, yes. and we didn't get to this yesterday, I don't think, but how about that amateur winning the PGA yeah, Tour event? What, what, Nick Dunlap. Nick yeah. Dunlap, wasn't that amazing? That is incredible. I mean, First one. time it's happened since 1991 when yeah. a generational player <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and Phil Mickelson yeah, did pretty, it. Pretty, and boy, it was amazing watching it. Too, and I mean, that wasn't a bad field. It no, had Scheffler, Justin Thomas, Xander Schauffele. And he won. And yeah. he's a 20 year old Alabama sophomore. Isn't that amazing? I would turn pro today. <laughs> I mean, I know he right. he can't retroactively get the money or right, the right. FedEx Which cup points, but I'd say he's clearly ready. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Wasn't it amazing? And and I know that number one, it's an amazing story. And I'll tell you this again: the for us to get to play in in, in one of the one of the John Hate uh, Hate invitations with Nick Cabrelchik, who's not that, who's not that good. He's not as good as Nick Dunlop, and he's not as good as Gordon Sargent was at Vanderbilt. But who are the two of the better college players coming on long, coming around a long time? But he's right there. You know, he's like right behind them. So no, you're right about that. That's a, we didn't get to it yesterday, but it's a great story. Uh, no question about that. So uh, good stuff. Let's take a break. When we come back, 
Very important part of the program. I'm breaking down the months. Nice. Oh my gosh! You do think we still have twelve, right? You, we still we, we still <laughs> this is a leap year. Well, you know what? <laughs> well said. Uh, we're going to talk all about sports. What you follow, what you don't. I'm going to throw some names out there. We'll have some fun with it. Ten Ten XL and ninety two point five FM. The Frangie Show live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on Ten Ten XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on The Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. Frank Frangie, Hayes, Carline, Lauren Brooks, RJ Saunders with you. Glad you're with us on a Nimnik Tuesday. Thanks again to Morgan Wilkerson for coming in from Riverside High School, our Duval County Scholar Athlete of the Week. Let me tell you why I don't love this time of year, Hayes Carline, who hails from the bowl school. I'm going to do you. T- I'm going to do a test, okay? So I'm going to test both of you. And when you fail this test miserably, let me assure you, I would have failed it even worse. I'm just happened to be the one giving it. Okay. You can't have Gators. Okay. You can't have Baba Miller. Name five college basketball players right now. <laughs> you can't have Caitlin Clark or Angel Reese. Yeah, this Name is five. A, uh, I can't have Gators. I can't have Bob Miller, Miller. And I can't be, have Caitlin it's Clark. It's got to be men. Uh, Edney from, from Purdue. Okay. Zach, I believe, is his Zach. first name. Edie. Zach Edie. Zach. It's Edie. Uh-huh. Okay. That's right. It's Edie. Are we going to accept yeah. that or no? Yeah, I will accept it. Because it's that now it's just a question of am I going to get one or zero? <laughs> okay. Um, I, I don't know that I know anybody. Well, of course we know like players that have what about against Nett? Florida. Connect, uh, Dalton Connect. Yeah. Okay. Upcoming is Tolu Smith. Okay. He's going to be a nightmare for I keep, Florida. I keep going. Uh, there's a brand new player on Kentucky that his last name being of the, begins with a Z. That's going to be really intriguing. Yeah, that might have been that might have underscored the point better than all. Yeah. Okay. There's a. But brand, he just started playing. There's a no. Don't look. No. No. I can't look. Don't, I don't, can't remember his name though. That's what I was okay. going to look. So we both we all knew Edie. Okay. We all knew Edie. Um. Obviously, the guy's playing against Florida Connect. Okay. Yeah, the Missouri guy that just went off Bates was his last okay. name. All right. Let me take Florida and Florida opponents off. <laughs> yeah, the list. that's where I'm going to struggle. I mean, but I can't tell you a single player that plays for North Carolina yeah. or Duke. Okay, let me. I'm t- a bad college basketball. Let me fan. tell you this. I can't tell you a single player that plays for Duke or North Carolina. Let me tell you this. Okay, I pulled up because I would have done just like y'all did. Uh, honestly, I think I'd have got Zach Eady. I think I think I would have. I think I would have gotten Hunter Dickinson because he transferred from Michigan oh, to yeah, Kansas. Him for sure. That might have been it. So I pulled up the best the best seven p- players according to somebody's list. Okay. Okay. Zach Eady won. Armando Baycott from North Carolina. Oh, yeah. I now well oh I said oh yeah too, but yeah. I wouldn't have named him. Yeah. He, no, I wouldn't have named him, but he was in our loser Monday. Correct. Mm-hmm. That's right. why I remember him. Yeah, <laughs> uh, all right. Kyle Philipkowski from Duke. He's the third best player in the country. I've never heard of him. I mean, maybe that's I he could be walking down this hallway. <laughs> I wouldn't know who he is. Okay. Uh Hunter Dickinson, I would have I would have yeah. I would have come up with. Ryan Callbrenner from Creighton, the Got fifth nothing. best player in the country, according to this list. Tyler, I think it's Kolek from Marquette, the sixth best player in the country. And the seventh best player, we finally get to an SEC guy, Wade Taylor from Texas A&M. So here's the point. And maybe we're just a bunch of dummies. RJ, do you follow well, college basketball at all? Do you follow college basketball at all? Here and there, but not deep. But my point is this. If you'd have asked, maybe not you as much, Lauren, but if you'd have asked Hayes and I, and maybe you two, 
or at least me, but to name those guys in the 80s, 90s, I could have given you Villanova's oh, yeah. lineup, St. John's lineup. I could have given you an Kentucky. NBA mock draft. Yeah, yeah, correct. If you had said, give me an NBA mock draft yeah, yeah. in 2000, yeah. I could have, off the top of yeah. my head, given you what I thought it might look like. Because, yeah. again, that was way more yeah. college than international at that point. Because you, you followed Yeah, it. I used to follow it and, and, all the time. And I don't think the three or four of us were in the minority. I don't. I don't think. Part of it's the one and dones, and everything changes, and the portal hurts. The transfers. Honestly, other yeah. than watching the Gator game, yeah. like I, it, the thought of and watching a college basketball game doesn't even enter my thought process over a weekend's time. Yeah, it doesn't enter my thought process it on on uh, regular weekday nights. Go home, like to watch a college basketball game. I, I it just doesn't even. It's not even something that would occur to me so, so, to do. I have such little interest in it. So I wonder if we're just in the huge minority or if that's what's happened. I'm yeah. probably in a minority with yeah. as little as I know about national college basketball. Yeah, but, but, I, I, but I don't know that you are. I, I don't, you know, because I, I used to follow it so closely. I mean, I, I mean we could, we, didn't we, wasn't it you? We, we ran off. Was it you I was with you when we ran off the, the run rebs? The, the all, oh, yeah. We, we named all five starters, right? Yeah. I think I got four, and then you filled in the, the center. Uh, yeah. Gilliam. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but the fact is, and I could, I, could, I could name those Kentucky teams. I could name those Duke teams. Because they had players that were there for three well, to four years. Well, that's a gigantic yeah. part of it. That's a gigantic – and, and I think that made the, the sport – I mean, Mia made a great point in the, half, in the handoff with her. She said, I'll bet you can name more women's players, which I could, because I can name Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark. So that's more than I could have – think about that. That's more than I probably could – now, now now that I saw Baycott, I remember. Um, I, could have na- I could have named Edie and Dickinson. Who was the guy with the beard that uh, didn't shoot in the second half? They froze out. Okay. <laughs> he's still playing. I'm still mad about that, although I could – for the life of me, can't remember his name. Or, nor can I remember the names of the people that didn't throw it to him. Right, okay, yeah. so, um, but, but nonetheless, so, so college basketball, for me and, and apparently all of us, doesn't move the needle anymore. So, so not until the tournament. Yeah, until and now the tournament's a blast. And when and I, I fill out the bracket, I feel like an expert, even yeah. though I've watched nothing. <laughs> right. So, so uh, oh, absolutely right. Yeah. Here, here's why: because when when um, Syracuse is playing uh, Iowa, you pick Syracuse because you've heard of them, and that's the upset. <laughs> that's my twelve five. Syracuse. I'm picking them because Carmelo Anthony right. won a title there. <laughs> right, exactly right. <laughs> So it is like that. Basketball, soccer are the types of sports where you have to have a lot of time playing together in order to be a a really collective unit that's flowing and all that stuff. Like basketball is really fun to watch when everybody knows what everyone else is going to do. In college basketball now, you're never going to see that. I mean, even the teams that are really good, they're still going to have the transfers and it doesn't flow the same way as if they had been playing together for three or four years. Which is why... My monthly looks like this. Here's comes the power poll. You ready for the power poll? I am. Uh, October one, November two, September three, December fourth. You might think I like football, okay? Because that's my order. October one, November two, September three, December the fourth. That's fourth month. Fourth month. March is five for me. It's the players. It's the beginning of baseball. It's March Madness. So that's five. NFL free agency. Yeah. yeah. Uh, April is sixth. Baseball has started. Baseball's underway. The Masters, the draft. So I got baseball in the sixth hole. Um, August is seventh because here comes football again. January is all the way down at eighth. Okay. Now, January's got good NFL. 
But for me, it's got nothing else. Okay, now I love the NFL, and the NFL in January is really good, which is why you get Gator basketball. Yeah, yeah, and you, yeah, I, 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 do, you, I do have that. I mean, that's yeah, SEC but, time. But, uh, yeah, that's it. So. I will say when your team is playing in the NFL yeah. playoffs in January, yeah. the month gets a whole lot yeah, better. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Good points. But I've got, I've got, I probably have January lower than most do. January eight, February nine, and I don't like February, but at least there's one football game. Okay, and then and it's I've, a big one. And I've got May, July, and June tenth, eleventh, and twelfth, and I love baseball, and I, I love baseball, but. For me, and, and you, you could make the argument the U.S. Open's in June, baseball's in June. I might have that a little low, but I got May, July, and June, 10th, 11th, and 12th. Assess my list, and what, what would your list be? I, like? I think it's good. I, I would say for me it would be I'd probably go probably September 1. Okay. I almost might go in order. September 1, October 2, November 3, December 4. Okay, so the same top four. Yeah, January fifth. Really? Okay. Yeah, because I mean, you, you love NFL. You're a yeah, fan. yeah, okay. and and you get the college yeah. football playoff, and right. okay. I mean now you got a twelve team tournament. Yeah, I like so it. I like it. I, uh, then from there, I'd probably go August sixth because you, I, I like training camp and things like and, and seeing the stories around and and so I. Do you I'm put July? I might camp even too? go July seven because yeah. you at least you get the last week where. Yep. Camp has started, uh, and you also would get the uh, British Open. Uh, so I July ahead of March for you. Well ahead, well ahead. Yeah, yeah. well. He loves football. Yeah, he does. He's yeah. A, March and, and, is good because I do love the start of the new league year and seeing you know which how things go in yeah. free agency and you know a lot of times obviously you get if you're going to get blockbuster off season trades they tend to happen yeah. you know right after the combine so right in that early uh, part of March. You, so, you still have April available. April, I'll go ninth. And then uh, I'll go. Uh, I'd probably go June tenth because you get right. U.S. Open. Right. I'll go February eleventh and May twelfth. Okay. How about you? My list is similar to yours. All the football months, uh, very early. And then I love baseball, too. I love the players from March and basketball, love all that. So, yeah, I'd put the summer months towards the bottom. Uh, one thing that I get in January and February and March that y'all don't really care about is gymnastics. Right, right. So that adds to my calendar. But, Frank, I remember we talked about this a year ago, and I think I think it was a year ago. You, would, you said you had to get rid of one sports month. I think both Hayes and I picked – May or June. If we eliminated one. Yeah, we eliminated one sports month. I th- want to say both of us picked the summer, one of the summer months. Yeah. I think it was probably, June. I would think, pro- well, for May. me, it would probably be May. Okay, yeah. so we el- both eliminated one of those, and then you eliminated February. February, I did. And I was shocked because of the Super Bowl. Yeah, the Super Bowl. But you have February much higher. Yeah, Feb- Yeah, I, I, get, well, I got it ninth now. It's moved up a little right, bit. Right, that's what I'm saying. Because of the Super Bowl. Okay. Because, but it's the only reason. But if not, uh, but if not for the Super Bowl, it would be 12th. Oh, well, yeah. That's tw- why the M- NFL is very smart. Yeah, but, but it, would, it would be 12th for me if not for the Super Bowl because I, I just – and this is the – this right now, right this stretch right now, J- January – whatever yesterday was, the 22nd, mm-hmm. January 22nd through March Madness, until we get to March Madness. I got nothing early in the week. I got to have some early week activity, okay? And all through football season, you got something on Monday night. You got Monday night football. 
all the way to the playoffs. Then you got Monday, even though Monday night is the playoffs now, the national championship game's Monday. I got early week. Okay, I got you got something early in the week. Base once baseball starts, I'll have I'll have every day. Every day. But between now, like like there there's nothing for me. I'll watch the Gator basketball game tomorrow night at eight thirty. Other than that, I'll have nothing to watch from the minute that that game that game ended last Sunday night. From the minute that thing ended, the, the Bills Chiefs ended until the Gator basketball game at eight thirty Saturday, and the Gator basketball game, which I think I'm going to, but the Gator basketball game Saturday at noon. Nothing until Saturday Sunday for me for what I like. Now other people like other stuff, but for me, that's it. And so that's not an, I need more stuff. That's why you got to start watching more national college basketball games if you so desire. I'm going to watch Kyle Filipkowski <laughs> go head to head with Armando Baycott. Is what I'm going to do. Yeah, let me know when Creighton plays next. Okay. <laughs> I will. But it's just, but but I really do think part of the college, part of this is I used to love college basketball. I promise you, North Carolina played Duke. North Carolina played Maryland back when they were in the ACC. Kentucky played LSU. Uh, Kenny Walker versus Shaq. I used to love those games. Oh yeah. I mean, and, and but I it's it's. That is so changed for me. So I mean, so maybe it, nil will uh, maybe that'll be a good thing. Maybe you'll see some college players staying yeah. longer than they would have. Yeah. I maybe. mean, assuming it just feels like they're going to transfer. Well, assuming they're not lottery picks. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But but I just so, so yeah. For me, it just it just doesn't. I just but don't. like that's a it's a good point about they could transfer. But like if you go back in the day, like if Christian Leitner had transferred from Duke to UNLV, like it would have been. I still would have been. Absolutely captivated by that. Like, or you know, if if I, I mean, pick pick your star. But I, uh, if if the Fab Five, if two of those guys had decided to transfer to North Carolina, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it, yeah. if you applied today's world to that world, I still think it would have been fascinating to right. see. Uh, you know, again, what would the O fours have stayed uh, right. intact, or would they have gone? Right, would right. they have transferred out because they did stay the one more year but you're right mm-hmm. about that by the way how long ago, i just saw the fab five was how long ago now was it was it was it 90 yeah what year was it was it 90 or was it before when what year was the fab five? 91 it was 91 so 33 years ago 33 years okay because that's the same year as scott norwood yeah okay i didn't realize that and you could name all five of them and so could i think about that we could name all five of the fab five but I couldn't tell you. I couldn't. Name I can't even tell you who the number playing. one team in college basketball is right now. Yeah. It was a UConn. Purdue? I have no idea. Yeah, that's right. UConn usurped Purdue. Yeah. I mean, but I couldn't Carolina's, give you the top five. Carolina was Carolina, Kansas, Purdue, UConn are all up there. That's what I'll tell you. Yeah. UConn, Purdue, North Carolina, Houston, and Tennessee. Ah, about that. So, but but I mean, but you could name the Fab Five. That's the point. You could yeah. you could you could you could. So could I. I could name the Fab Five, all five of them. But I couldn't name. Five players playing now. Now, now I'm not with baseball, too. I can't name – I mean, I can name a lot of baseball players now, but I, I could tell you – pick a team, and I could probably tell you their lineup in 71. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so it's a world changer. Take a break. More in a moment. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. I want you to want me. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on the Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. Frangie, 
Angie and Carline, Lauren Brooks. She'll be here for another 40 minutes or so. She has the hour off to get ready for Hamilton Heel. Such a slacker. Such a slacker. RJ Saunders with us as well. Who is the best NFL player from the University of Florida where we all attended? Emmett Smith. Who's the best? Correct. Who's the best player from Florida State University? Deion Sanders. Without question. Neither one of them won a Heisman. Neither one of them won a Natty. Realize that? Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, neither one of them. Should have should both of them have won a Heisman? No. Certainly not Emmett. Um, no, I don't think Deion should have. It's not controversial that they didn't. Okay. Who's the best player from the University of Georgia? Best NFL player. Matthew Stafford? No. Talking about ever? Ever. He has a Super Bowl. Um, yeah, it's not him. I mean, that's my opinion. It's not him. Yeah. Best NFL player ever. Whether it's most accomplished, best. I mean, just just best ever. Your opinion. Ah, uh, it's a tough one. I'll go. Tarkenton. Fran Tarkenton would be the would be my guess. I would say, I, I would to me, it'd be Fran Tarkin. I thought AJ Green had a chance, but yeah. I don't think he had the longevity. Yeah, I, for me, it'd be Tarkin because he played forever. You know, um, Miami. Uh, Miami. Boy, they've got so many. Uh, Ray Lewis. I would probably go Ted Hendricks. Ted Hendricks. Ray Lewis, though, hard to beat. Maybe yeah. Ray Lewis. You can't argue. Ray Lewis is not a wrong answer, you know? All right. They've got a lot, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Ray Lewis was an ordinary player at Miami. Yeah, he wasn't. He was ordinary. He was a late first-round pick. Yeah, he he was an or, he wasn't he wasn't as good as a lot of players that were at Miami. A lot of players. Like Reggie Wayne. Many, many and many others. Um, Alabama. Who's the best NFL player who played? I mean, Namath is the most iconic. He's the most iconic. But Namath probably wasn't a better pro than Bart Starr. Yeah. Or Stabler. He wasn't a better player. But, or, I mean. Or McCarron. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Feels like it's going to be a receiver once all is said and done, unless it's Derrick Henry. What about Derrick Henry? Derrick yeah. Henry's on the list, isn't he? Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't he have to be on the list? I think so. Um, uh, Derrick Thomas? Yeah. Derek Thomas high on the list. High on the list. Yeah, I mean it might be Derek Thomas, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean in, in fact I uh is, there's probably a website somewhere that has best best NFL player from zero uh, I, mean, I don't know. I mean they're, they're you know I mean I'm wondering but I um you probably just look at the Hall of Fame and then trace it back. Well, that's one way to do it. That's one way to do it. Um Auburn. Auburn. The most iconic is Bo. Yeah, but he and had such a brief NFL career. Correct. I can't imagine it would be him. Um, but I can't think of a great, great, great NFL player. I mean, Cam Newton. Cam Newton, yeah. 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 Great NFL player from. Gosh, it seems like they would have a defender that right. would pop. But I and there might be and there might be guys we're missing. They had a lot yeah. of awfully. They got an awful lot of really good ones. See, North Carolina doesn't have all the football heritage they have, 
But you could tell me theirs pretty quick. Oh yeah, you know, you, you know what I mean. So, so I mean that that's kind of the point. Right. Here. By the way, how did Lawrence Taylor end up at North Carolina? I, I don't. I don't know the story. I mean, I wouldn't that be a great story? Like a great documentary of yeah. how did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're. By the way, did you did you hear the uh, did you hear the Belichick story? Oh, so great. How did you hear it, Lauren? I don't think so. The Belichick story yeah. when he was sitting around the panel. Oh, it's so great. Yeah, I tell you, the re- reading Parcells's book, yeah. the best part of it. The were the parts about Belichick and Lawrence Taylor. But, Go yeah, they, Belichick, Belichick tells some great stories. Belichick tells this one story that's just fan. You know, yeah. the, he goes, there was two really good ones well, in the clip. The, the one, right, the, the, right, but the, the best one for me was the <laughs> LT story. He said, so they had a meeting. He said they'd have meetings night before the game, and it would just be offense and defense. He was the defensive coordinator under Parcells. <laughs> and he said, uh, and he had the meeting, and LT got there late. So he had the meeting. They hold the meeting, and, and they get done everything. And he said, uh, he went to Parcells and uh, he said, "Coach, said uh, I had a meeting last night." He says, "LT was late." And he said, "Parcells was there." I just, I just thought I needed to tell you that LT was late. Parcells goes, "Why'd you start it before you got there?" <laughs> <laughs> That's a freaking great story. And Belichick delivered it. Didn't yeah. He? Oh, he's so good. <laughs> and then the uh, the other one that they talked about was I. Uh, you know, LT would sometimes be late for the team bus to the game. Right. And so Belichick is, again, he's on the defensive bus. So he is making sure he's like, LT, are you on this bus? And LT says, yeah, coach, I'm here. And Belichick turns to the bus driver and says, we can go to the game. We've got enough to win. That's, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. Uh, but it was a ma- See, I forgot that LT was a gunner. Early in his career, right. and then they they talked they about the, the playoff they game. The, and they showed the one hit. Yeah, where he was a gunner uh, in a playoff game for the Giants and forced two fumbles on punts. One in which the guy had barely touched the ball, and LT almost decapitates. Right, him. that's the that's the that's the, that's the, that's the one they yeah. showed. Yeah, and uh, but I mean, obviously, you remember him for his just extraordinary pass rush. But I had I just couldn't rem- I. I had forgotten what a, a great special teams player he was early in his career too, and uh, Belichick made the point that he could have been a great offensive player if 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 he had played in an era of of two way football, he he would have been a fantastic offensive player as well. I'm reading he switched from baseball to football at age 15. I don't know why he went LT to North did? Carolina, but no, he was okay. a catcher. Where is he from? I don't even know where he's from. Is he from Virginia. North Carolina? He's from Virginia. Yeah, I don't know the other three, but I see he's one of four NFL players to attend Lafayette High School in Virginia, but I don't know the no. other ones. Um. I may go Ken Stabler. Derek Thomas was probably the best. Yeah. But Stabler, the mo- to your point. Uh, but, again, I, I mean, you could even make a case maybe for, like, some of the Saban guys. Like, yeah. Julio Jones is, mm-hmm. has yeah. had a, a you, great career. I think he'll right. be in you Canton. Could make, you could make, you could make um, um, a point, for, uh, make a case for him. LSU. Is there any that – I mean, Burrow has a great chance to, to close this out, but Justin Jefferson – Burrow's – I mean, it's it's interesting because LSU, the first two guys you think of are current superstars. Right. I, but all those guys over the years, I can't yeah. think of one great one. Now, they've, they've had a lot of great college players. Billy Cannon was a great college player, but he was a tight end at, for the Raiders. It was just a guy. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of best one. All right. I got um, one Didn't they uh, – yeah. I got one for you. Okay. They had Alan Fanica. Yeah, Fanica. Who was a All very good player. player. Ole Miss, best pro. Eli. Was he better than Archie? I know I he's got the so. rings. Was he a better player than Archie Manning? Well, I mean, again, if you would put 
yeah. it's two totally different universes. I yeah, mean, Archie gets drafted by a bad team. There's no free agency. He's stuck there forever. And the passing game isn't what it passing was. passing game isn't what it was. So, I mean, if you put Eli in that and put Archie in his situation, then, you know, it, it, that I can't probably speak to. Eli, probably Eli. I would say Eli. It's I not mean, with Quan Treadwell. No, it it's not. not. Uh, Tennessee, Peyton. Peyton. There can't be anybody else. Yeah, it would be Peyton. I mean, they've had uh, – Jason Witten had a great career. Right. Um, but obviously it'd be Peyton Manning. Ohio State. I'm going to go with C.J. Stroud. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it, that the great players of all time came from Kansas with Gail Sayers and North Carolina with LT. and, and Well, Pitt has Aaron Donald, yeah. uh, who's probably the greatest defensive player of his generation. And but he's probably not better than Marino. He's probably not a, he's not, probably not a greater yeah. player well, than and Marino. Dor- and Pitt has Dorsett. Dorsett, yeah, that's right. But it's but it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So well, it's always Travis Kelsey went to Cincinnati. Yeah, it's yeah. always shocked me how little Florida has produced. I mean, yeah. it's basically Emmett's. I know Jack Youngblood is in the Hall of Fame too, but in terms of the last like forty years, yeah. it's basically Emmett Smith. Yeah, a ton, a ton of NFL and players. and a bunch of guys. Yeah, they 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 are always high up but, on the but no megastars. But but they're all like yeah. ba- barely hanging on the roster. Right, guys. right. The, the 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 best play the best players. If you take Emmett off the list, the best players they produced were Wilbur Marshall, right. who was a great NFL player. Believe it or not, Chris Collinsworth was a very good NFL yes. player. Ricky Nateel was a no, – not Ricky. No, West Chandler was a very good NFL mm-hmm. player. I would say West Chandler – The Pounceys. The Pounceys were very good players. But I would say West Chandler back in the day, Youngblood, of course, Emmett, of course. Um, Lomas. Lomas Brown for sure, by the way. Lomas Brown for sure is high on that list. So uh, yeah, interesting stuff. But but none of them are the ones that became great. That's the point. I mean, Herschel, Tebow, Charlie Ward, Danny Werfel, nowhere near that list. It, nowhere near the, the, I mean, no, nowhere near it. Even, yeah. to, even to Lauren's point earlier, Stafford's not one, but he's on the ballot, even though there were a lot of college guys who were way better than him as college players. Mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of what you did at Georgia – he would obviously be behind Stetson Bennett. He would obviously be behind David Green. He's going to be behind Carson Beck. He's going to be behind Carson Beck. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of guys that we right you'd have ahead of him. Yeah, interesting stuff. All right, we'll take a break. More in a moment. Ten ten seven eight two point five FM. The Frangie Show live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on ten ten XL. Hit back with Hastings. Embiid going at Wembenyama. Embiid leading the break. Embiid, 18 in the first quarter. Embiid, baseline, three spurs around and throws it up. Didn't even look at the hoop and still able to finish. Five shoot for Embiid. Up and over Wembenyama for 30. Embiid just inside the free throw line, making 38 for 21. Embiid, 45 from the elbow. Embiid, a fake, a spin, another fake. The buckets. In the foul, Joel with a chance at 50 here tonight. For the first time in his NBA career, 60 for Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, 65! Chance at 70. Embiid, coast to coast for 70! It's a Nimnik Tuesday on the Frangie Show. Nimnik. 
your friends in the car business since 1941. That's what it sounded like last night as Joel Embiid went for 70 with the 76ers over the Spurs. As it turns out, they ended up winning only by 10 over the Spurs. Frank, everyone's talking about the 70 points. I feel like he should also get some love for the 18 rebounds that, that he brought in. You're exactly right. What a game it was. How about this? You know where he went to college? You know, you know where he went to high school, right? Mm-hmm, Gainesville. The Rock in Gainesville. Um, he was there. He went to Kansas, obviously, in 13 and 14. The 13-14 season. That's also the year Florida went to the Final Four. What Could have used they, him. What if they'd had him next wow. to Patrick Young? What if it had been? What have been? You Patrick? mean he's an upgrade over Will you get? Yeah, who I love. Who I love. I love yeah, I love, I love yeah. that whole team. But what yeah. if you? What if you? Add, what if you? What if he'd have been on that team? Yeah, wow. And because that, that that I told Patrick this that that team was probably one of my favorite ever Gator sports teams. Yeah, they were just uh, they were I loved every. They only played six or seven guys. Just about all seniors. They, Michael Frazier was a junior, but for the most part, it was all seniors. They were tough. They won thirty games in a row. It was 30. fun. They, they won thirty games in a row. I went to that Final Four. I was it was the uh, it was the last one because I started doing Jags games that fall. But I went to the Final Four in Dallas, and it was a. I mean, I can still remember. I mean, what a fun team! I thought they were going to win the whole thing. I did too. They they ran in, they ran into those two guards from UConn, and that's what and that's what what, what got them beat. Who beat them twice that year? As mm-hmm. most that's people right. that's right. who follow Florida remember. Thirty six and three in the regular year, right? Thirty six and three is that what it was? Was that Sounds overall? Right. Maybe it was over. It was thirty six and three was one or the other. So, yeah. So Joel M- Joel Embiid could have been there. We team. blame him yeah. for the fact that Florida <laughs> didn't win the title. That uh, Wimby, uh, the rookie Wimby, scores thirty three. Good <laughs> no job. One talks about Good that. job, kid. <laughs> yeah. You only got outscored by thirty seven at your position. <laughs> but he's been really good. Yeah, I'm joking. Well, he yeah. had a good game, but I mean. The other center scored 70, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, my friend Doug Ramsey said Reggie White at Tennessee. Yeah, that's a good one. And, some, and some of Chris also said Reggie White isn't far behind me. Man, Peyton's still the guy. Yeah. But Reggie's right. It's good. They got, That's two pretty good ones. That, that's two pretty good ones to have if you got both those guys. I mean, that, that would be about as, about as good as it gets. Uh, if you were filling out a team all 11 on offense, all 11 on defense, would Miami be the school that you'd pick? To do that for the NFL, I would Absolutely. think that's yeah. great. It's a great question. It, it would Miami back in the day. It would have been USC, but more recently, it would be. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, are you talking about today or ever? Right? Ever. If, if you, if you, yeah, or even ever, because Alabama might be. If you I were wondered gonna, about them too, I would say today, USC. But. USC would be USC. Notre Dame would be ever for me. I'd have to think about Miami in the race the last fifty years. Yeah, because because there's there's no position where Miami didn't have great players. Right. There, there. I mean, and I, even great pro players. You know, right. And 20 years from now, which is about the end of that Miami run, I think we'll be saying Georgia. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. No, you're exactly right about that. Pretty, I mean, interesting stuff. Um, if you think about that, college football, uh, we're a ways away. We didn't get to this yesterday because we had all the uh, stuff with Ryan Nielsen. Tell me about the Florida guys. They got the defensive lineman, and then they got Grimsley, the defensive back. So Correct. suddenly, it doesn't mean everything changed. But at least I got the impression, Hayes, that there was – at least a modicum of of positivity in an offseason that's been anything but. Yeah, I think the Grimsley one was significant because that was a big complaint of why isn't Florida doing anything to benefit themselves following Nick Saban's retirement? Well, now they have. They've gotten a, a four-star corner. He's 6'3". I mean, incredible size for that position. 
And so, uh, you know, that was very positive. And, and obviously getting the defensive tackle uh, from Texas after Texas released him from his letter of intent uh, is significant. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think in terms of uh, adding to the roster, I think a, a good last week for Billy Napier. Yeah, I, I, it also feels like things have just settled down in general, Frank. You know, a little bit farther you get from the end of football season, people are just starting to calm down. That, that's the biggest thing. Yes, the, the portal additions help. But I think the anger is finally starting I to wear too. off a I little did. bit. You knew it was going to – after a while, Gator fan is going to quit hating the world and hating yeah. Billy Napier and hating everything and hating life. And I think these two help that. I, I'm curious in regards to Michigan. It looks like Harbaugh could take the Chargers job any second. Right. Um, I almost wonder if there's been a little bit of a delay. If, if Harbaugh in, in, in the portal universe – has told Michigan, look, I'll give you two weeks, but I'm not coming back. Uh, so conduct your search now so that the second that I announce yeah. that I'm leaving, you've got your guy, well, particularly if it's the in-house candidate. Yeah. You'd think but, it would be him. But even if it isn't, have your guy in place because as we've seen, I mean, Alabama did a really good job of getting Kalen DeBoer quickly right. uh, after Saban's help. retirement. Uh, and so, I mean, with your roster being open for 30 days with a coaching change, like if it's an in-house guy, I would have already – I if I was Harbaugh, who obviously loves his alma mater, I would have said, I'm leaving. Go ahead and have him start talking to the players now and give him two weeks to get in front of these guys multiple times to convince them to stay because Alabama's now hoping – that when Harbaugh leaves, they can go and get 10 guys from Michigan. Yeah, I'll bet it's very good point. All great points. I'll bet you, I haven't thought about it until you said it, I'll bet you that's happened. I'll bet it's going to be Sharon Moore. Uh, he is the guy that coached him for six games when Harbaugh was gone. I think everybody probably wink-wink knows that. I think, because um, you haven't seen any departures from Michigan. You haven't, you haven't seen many of their guys. Maybe some. You haven't seen many of their guys in the portal. I think everybody's known all along they were losing Harbaugh. I think he, behind closed doors, has told them, listen, you, this is happening. Um, I think Sharon Moore is probably quietly – they haven't – Harbaugh can't say it publicly because then he loses leverage with the NFL team. So he, so from a leverage standpoint, he can't make – no, they can't make it public. But I do believe privately that's already happened, and I believe the minute, the minute Jim Harbaugh, the minute he takes that Chargers job, you're going to see Sharon Moore announces the Michigan football coach, don't you think? I would think. I think. I think the minute. I mean, that, and I think that's all. I think the. I think the press release is written. I. I, I think. I think Marone has practiced his speech. I think he knows what suit he's wearing. I, I think. I would guess all that has happened by now. I would think so, but you still certainly could see some Michigan players leave, even though they're promoting from within. I mean, you're no longer being coached by Harbaugh. The caveat here is, I think all of Michigan's best players were older. So they were all entering the NFL draft anyway, and so I don't think that you're going to see quite the exodus like we saw at Alabama. Yeah, you're right. There, there, is, some, there is something to that, but we'll see. But, but I do get the sense now that college football's calmed down, now that it's over, that to your point, Lauren, everybody is taking a breath now. And, 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 I, and I mean, I think everybody's taking a breath. FSU did what it always does in the portal, loaded up. I say always, since the, these last few years since the portal's mattered. Florida has, has not wowed anybody. They did not wow me in the portal. They did not. Florida did not wow me in, in their signing days, but methodical Billy Napier is 
is slowly but surely making them better. I'm very intrigued with what's going to happen there. Miami, I would say, wowed in the portal. Miami did well in the portal. Uh, Ole Miss did well in the portal. Yeah. I, so it'll it'll be – Georgia uh, didn't need to. I mean, I'm interested in what – I mean, I think Jeff Brom mm-hmm. is such a good coach. The fact that he won the portal, Hayes, because he brought in 23 players, that tells me Brom got there and said, okay, I'll coach you guys now. But then – because Brom's a really good coach. I think he went to the AD and whoever and said, listen, you hired me to win – we ain't winning with those guys, don't you think? Yeah, I think he said. We're, I said if you want to win, I'm not going to go all Dion on you. But if you really want to win, this isn't it. This, this this roster ain't it. I'll bet he probably ran off more guys than about anybody in the country. Yeah, and it's good practice for him if he becomes the Gators coach a year from now. <laughs> Got more to run off. Yeah, but I, but I, I think Jeff Brom's a really, really, really good football. He's the only one left that I feel like of the you know guys that Florida fans wanted. If Billy Napier's not going to be the guy. All the other ones have been plucked off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good point. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. All right, very good. Uh, Lauren's going to go host Hamilton Hills along with Mia and Taylor. Uh, when we come back, Daniel Jones. I got a lot of quarterback questions for uh, The Whisperer. That's next. This is 1010XL and 92.5. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Now, the quarterback whisperer, Denny Thompson. Okay, bring it in. Brought to you by Tyson Sound and Security. Register Sausage. And George Moore Chevrolet. One, two, three. Right out of the gate this time. Right out of the gate. I'm embracing it. (laughs) I was trying to add you because the story gets cloudy to me. I forget every time. Did George Michael sign the trophy, sign the poster or not? I didn't remember. If did. <laughs> I would love to get that joke, but I don't even know who George Michael is. That was I mean, the, I know that was the show in Brussels. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I know uh, who he is, but I don't know who right, he is. Right, right. How you doing? I'm great. See him. Yeah. What you think of the game, playoff game? Anything surprise you? Anything? Uh, no. I mean, once, you know, once Brock. Yeah, did what he did. I was good. That's really only. I I just I love watching Mahomes. I I could watch Patrick Mahomes every day, and so it's it, for me. It's like I want Brock and Mahomes play just because the quarterback. Yeah, um, he's just man. Y'all, sh- we should be enjoying Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. He's special. I agree. It, it's funny you say that because that was as I'm thinking about stuff we're going to talk about. That was one of the things is we kind of almost take him for granted. Like, and I'm not pulling for Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I was pulling for Buffalo. I'm going to pull for Baltimore. So I'm kind of tired of the Chiefs. Uh, and I just like see somebody else win it. He's already won two yeah. in recent years. But it, it, it's, it's really one of those things that you just take for granted his brilliance. I mean, Mahomes was 17 to 23, 215 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Just your basic 131.6 passer rating. And it's not even like in the team picture for best games, but it's a great game. Now you, you watch it, and there's like 10 plays in that game that nobody else makes. Just the way that he – he and Josh Allen both were – if you watched the game the other night, they were both like taking the drop and then working straight back into the line of scrimmage, almost like they knew – that outside was a little hairy, and so we need to – and it takes a lot of guts to do that, y'all. Like, I mean, they are running straight back down into the teeth of defense and right. making late throws. And I don't know that there's another quarterback in the league that can do that between besides those two guys, and it was a blast to watch. But to your point, I think with Mahomes, like, he is just that guy that when you look up at the end of the game, 
you go, you know what? I, I haven't really seen him make many mistakes. And and we've gotten so conditioned to the amazing throws that we're, we're not appreciating how finely tuned this guy is. How he's always putting the ball in the right place, always got the right protections, doesn't always have the best team around him, but he just finds a way to put the ball where it needs to be. And I can only think of a couple other guys in the history of the game that have been that way consistently this long. And so I just think he is – he is one of the greats of all time. And he, and he had a 24-yard run yeah. Yeah. as well, well. He does what he needs to do. Yeah, and by, I think you're right. I think you made a really good point. Let's, let's cherish these moments. It's like well, I, I said that at the end, and I'm not saying he's this because Brady was this, but I said it at the end of the Jordan era. I said, you need to watch this because he's, he's, this is before he went to the Wizards, the end, the end of the Jordan with the Bulls era because when he stopped – no one else is going to be like that, and nobody else has LeBron included. Because once he stops, that's kind of your point. Mm-hmm. Once he stops, the next guy's not going to be – there's not going to be another guy like that. That's well, he's going to be the guy that is this the next Mahomes. Is this the next Mahomes? Because right. he plays differently. He's kind of like – I would say like Steph Curry, what he's yeah. done in the NBA. That's right. It's kind of that same guy. makes every throw. It's just – it is a blast to watch. And the, the great thing about last week is all the quarterbacks were, what, under 28 years old? Uh, yeah, the, uh, we said – Yeah, you said none of the, them were 30. There was 30, not a 30-year-old yeah. quarterback. Yeah, right. that's phenomenal for the NFL. So, let me ask you this. I, I was thinking about this when we were going to have you. I was thinking about this Sunday, knowing you are going to come in here Tuesday. <clears throat> Denny, forever, forever and ever and then beyond forever, coaches have worried about the quarterback getting hurt, okay? Mm-hmm. And they're protected. They're, Peyton Manning, God bless him used to hit the ground before he could get sacked, right? Yeah. Um, now, they just take off and haul ass. Yeah. No, no, they, don't, they don't worry. I mean, every time you look up, there's, I mean, Brock Purdy had a run last week. Mm-hmm. Every time you look up, one of these guys has a 20-yard run, 30-yard run, and they're not always sliding, you know? I mean, sometimes, I mean, yeah. if, if the play call, if the moment calls for him not to slide, so are quarterbacks just, are, are coaches just saying, screw it? Are co-quarterbacks bigger and stronger? They can take more hits than before. Obviously, they're more athletic. We know that. But what's your read on well, I think all of that, actually. I think what coaches have finally done is they've – we talked about this last week is they've gotten an athlete at a position that they're now saying, okay, if you just want to play two-man against us and you're going to turn your back and you're going to run, right. then we're going to take those 15 yards and then right. guys like Mahomes and Lamar Jackson certainly can turn that into 60. Right. And they, they've almost made a mockery, by the way, of this whole spy situation. Like, yeah. I mean, everybody's kind of figured out how to beat that in the NFL. Um, so I, I just think it's the evolution of a game in the sense of the defense is doing certain things that they didn't have to do before because of the rules of the game. And the best way to take advantage of it is to go 11 on 11. And that means quarterback runs. We saw Brock Purdy, it looked like struggling to throw the wet ball, mm-hmm. uh, wiping his. Yeah. Uh, hand during his drop yeah uh a is that something that uh, how rare is it is it to see a quarterback I guess have the it's poise in the sense that he can do it and still keep his eyes down the field but in it and the weather might be great for this coming game the NFC title game but eventually there's going to be another rain game is it something that's a concern can he work on that or was it I don't I don't think it's a concern I, I think um he's played in a lot of those games I mean San Francisco is not the best weather, right? I mean, it, it's cold and rainy there. So, I mean, he's he's dealt with this before. I don't think it's a, a concern necessarily. I just think it's a rep thing. It's a confidence thing. It's it's. I mean, that's a big stage, and now all of a sudden you get out there and it's raining sideways. Man, I don't want to mess this up. And so I think once you've done it a couple of times, like I, I think you just get used to it. Bucky Brooks, who's a dear friend of mine and I think a really good football analyst, he tweeted this. 
He's and he's a he's a long time scout. He's not now, but he's been a long time scout. And scouts are defense defensive of other scouts. Mm-hmm. He said scouts get beat up all the time for measuring hand size. He said, but that's the point. He said Brock Purdy, who's a really good player, does have small hands. That's a reality. And he said it's not his fault. And he and he did a good job mitigating it. But do you agree with that? That if a guy's got small hands, that wet falls harder. Uh, sure. I mean, I think some of that's grip strength, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt. But at the same time, and I know you guys aren't saying this, but with Brock, like, gosh, are we not just going to put him in one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league at some point? He just, there's always seems to be a but, a but, a but with him. He yeah, but I don't think game. that's what this was. No, I know. Yeah. But, but, but I, this was, I his, this was, he was having trouble. Yeah. Yeah, a guy with smaller hands having trouble. No, I understand that. Yeah. And I'm kind of taking that opportunity to address because even yeah. now you hear that. Like, I, I don't watch much, but what I do watch, it's, it's Brock Purdy the real deal. What are you talking about? Is he the real deal? What else does he have to do? Yeah, I hear you. Hey, well, hey, the guy has won in every circumstance with injured players. Even this year, he kind of got into a little funk, got himself out of it. He's come back from a UCL, which is a very major injury. Like, I, I mean, at this point, man, I he's a top seven quarterback in the league he has to be getting back to just the the training component of it once the season's over for for Brock and, it, and really any quarterback that has ever had a, a struggle with it is there anything you can do to to simulate it do you have a do you do maybe have one day or or earmark maybe one day every month during the offseason where when you throw it's going to be simulating it with as as much dampness on your hands and the ball as possible or is that just not translate what ends up happening like this morning was one of those where we were out this morning and and tom gormelli even said hey we got a wet ball day like it was misting just enough that and then here the summer right because you're which is when brock is usually here i don't know that there's ever rain that can that can make your hands slippier than sweat can uh here in the summer and so we get plenty of wet ball training um i think for for a lot of guys, what shocks them, though, is is when you add that cold component into it, that's a whole different thing. I mean, down here, wet and humid, ball can get a little – you can get a little friction. You can get a little sticky. But up there, man, there's just no humidity up there. It's, it's tough. Here's my guess on your question. Um, when's Brock Purdy going to get his due? Well, he's it, – it was always going to come later for a guy that was drafted late. Mm-hmm. Fair or not. And it's always going to come later for a guy that doesn't have that one athletic characteristic that the great ones have whether it's a rifle arm, whether it's super fast feet. Um, by the way, Tom Brady didn't have any of those either. Joe Montana didn't have those either. Yeah. But they started getting those rings. Yeah. So the answer to your question is, if you don't have a super big arm, if you don't have super fast feet, if you're not 6'5", 240 or whatever Cam Newton was, get a couple of those rings, and that's, completely, when, you get your, that's when you get your due. Completely get it. I, I, you know, I think for me it's we talk, and I'm going to make it local. We talk all the time about is Trevor a franchise quarterback, and and we'll all sit here. I think all three of us are in agreement that he is a franchise quarterback. Right. Well, dang, he hasn't done it yet, but Brock has, right, and right. we don't sit here and say is Brock a franchise quarterback, right? Like that's people are. I see people talking about, you know, are they going to re-sign him his after his rookie deal? Right. Like, I mean, this guy has been to two straight NFC championships. And we don't talk about him like we talk about Trevor. And we don't talk about him like we talk – to your point, it's the it's, it's the traits. I the, get that. The traits and the draft position. But, dang, just – he's winning. Yeah. Oh, oh, there, no, there's I, still people that think the 49ers might make a run at Cousins this offseason. Yeah. I, I know. I've seen that. And it's that's the part that I'm looking at. And I'm going, I must not understand the point of this game. Yeah. 
Like I, I must, I must have missed something because he keeps winning, and y'all keep talking about this but, stuff. But here, but again, I, I can tell you how to get ended. I know. Yeah, he, he I, I, I'm going to tell you now. Hoist, 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 no, hoisting the trophy will end it. But to your hoisting the trophy will end it, at least momentarily. But to your point, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. Go, win this week. Go face Lamar or Mahomes. Lose that game. It'll start all over again. Yeah, that, that's kind of your point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't disagree yeah. with that. I don't yeah. Know. One thing, too, that and obviously you want Debo Samuel to be active and, and healthy, but you know I think the biggest the, – the knock on Brock Purdy is the embarrassment of riches around him on that offense with McCaffrey and Kittle and Ayuk and Samuel. Uh, so if, he, if Debo doesn't play and Brock plays well, uh, well, that is one component, a key component, uh, that, that he is proving he can win without. Uh, and, and again, against uh, against a Lions team that is the, really the the darling right now of the league. Yeah, and I, and I think um, are we all on the board with Jared Goff now? Yeah, I, mean, I think you have to be right. It took like, a while too, though, didn't it? It did, and he was the first pick. It yeah, it and did. And they just it, invested a third round pick in Hendon Hooker. Right. Yeah, not yeah, that I, that's a first rounder, but it's a but decent, it's a, but it's a premium pick. pick. Yeah. But he's another one that you just keep turning on the TV, and and they he keeps winning. And he keeps making big throws, and he keeps making plays, and you finally just eventually have to look and go, wait a second, like, is this guy good? And, yeah, he is. Um, and I think that's kind of the same thing with Brock. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I, if the goal of this whole thing is to win Super Bowls, well, you got to win games, and these guys are winning games. And so I, I don't know. I think they're kind of off limits in, in some capacity, if that makes sense. Like, you shouldn't t- – that shouldn't be a question about guys who are still playing right now. I can tell you this. Ben Roethlisberger came into the league in 04. And a year later, they won a Super Bowl. Okay, he really wasn't very good in the Super Bowl. I was at the game. He wasn't very good, yeah. but they won the Super Bowl. And all of a sudden, he was elite. Yeah. He, even though he did not play at elite status, mm-hmm. okay? he was a second-year player. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. He was a second-year player and didn't play very well. They played Seattle, and he was just okay. But because he won that Super Bowl, and now he was also a first-round draft pick who was big and blah blah blah. But I'm, the point I'm making, Denny, is people looked at him differently when he when he had that ring. Here's the best part about this is I know Brock well enough that I can say this. He don't care. You can tell that. Yeah. yeah I mean, that. he is so secure in what he's doing and what he's on earth for and and all that kind of stuff, and it's not football. that it, All of that is just, okay, think what you want to think. I'm going to go out here and play with my boys and win on Sunday. We'll take a break. When we come back, I want to ask you about some of the – you got draft prep, some of the who, – who you're working with, mm-hmm. what are the plans, how that whole thing goes. That's next here with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on The Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. Frangie Hayes, Carline, RJ Saunders with you. Lauren Brooks has the hour off to host Helmets and Heels with me and Taylor. Denny Thompson's here, one more segment. Um, all right, so you got draft prep. Who, who, who are we working with this year? We have uh, Austin Reed, yep. St. Augustine's yeah, finest good, good down player. there. Yep. Yep. Um, we have Emory Jones, right, the yep. Florida fans will remember. Yep. And then we have Davis Brin from Georgia Southern, who's a okay. really good player. And yeah. then uh, Jordan Travis will be coming in shortly. Um, so we'll, we'll help him get ready for, for whatever he's got coming up. Tell me about Jordan health-wise. Travis. What, what is it? Do you know? I, I really don't. Until, until he gets here, you yeah, won't know him, right? I really don't. I mean, I think Tom probably knows a lot more. I know he knows a lot more than I do. But I just know that there's nothing for me to do with Jordan right now. Yeah, so, right? Yeah. so that's all I need to know. But, but we're excited to have him come in. So, Danny, how will that work? Who will tell you? And Tom, Tom's last name? 
Gormelli. And he's the guy that handles the, the, the physical, the conditioning yeah, part. Yeah, he does. Well, he's, he's a physical therapist, um, and I'll, I'll give him a big shout-out. I, I think he is the fastest-rising rotational expert in the country okay. today. Yeah, and yeah. I have substantial evidence to back that up that I'm not the only one that thinks that. Right, right. so he's really good. He's and, just – he's excellent. So yeah. And so who will tell you and Tom – this is what Jordan can or can't do. You talk to a doctor. Talk, but Tom, yeah, Tom has relationships with all the different doctors. Like he's he's you know, Anthony Richardson's in town right now, mostly with Tom or all with okay. Tom right, right. now, uh, doing PT and just getting in shape and all that kind of stuff. So and and Tom has great relationship with 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 all the doctors that right. you know, surgeons, team doctors, all that kind of stuff, and I he does it. a great job just coordinating all that stuff. In terms of Austin Reed, what's uh. Uh, a goal what what's a projection and in, in terms of if he has a, a good draft process which I'm conf- I'm sure yeah, you're I mean, confident I think he will I think he's definitely a draftable guy right I, I don't know like would fourth round would you sign up for that today? oh absolutely okay yeah no doubt it, it, this this year is much different for us because last year we knew right you know we knew at this time we had a top 10 pick right um you know this year it's way more up in the air you know, next year will be that again because we'll have right. Carson and we'll have um, uh, Cam come back and all that stuff. But right now, it's kind of fun. It's different for us because it's it's we don't know where these guys are going to land. But every single opportunity we have, we got to take advantage of it. And I think Austin, where Austin's going to succeed is when they put the film on because he's taking a lot of snaps. But man, in an interview room, this guy is electric. Like he he's going to come in. I talked to him. He's going to come in and do this with me. Oh, yeah, yeah, bring him in. Yeah, he's got Shrine Bowl next week, and then okay. I think the next week we're going to try to get in here. And you were in here when Marcus walked in, Stokes. Oh, yeah. And Austin's the same way. Okay, great. When Austin walks in that door, just the energy just yeah. ratchets up a little bit. You just like being yeah. around him, and, and GMs are going to feel that, too. It's funny. I was in Vermont listening. Were you? Isn't it funny that I remember that? Yeah. I was in Vermont. Here's, here's our vacations. I'm hyper guy. I'm like the worst hyper guy. I'm the worst guy ever to vacation with because I never stop. Right. So Suzanne and I go hike in the morning, okay? Then we get back about 2, 2.30. She needs a nap because she's normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I go walking because I'm abnormal, and then we go to dinner. So, so the two or three so I was in I was, when Marcus was in here. Yeah, I'm around. I remember being in Vermont walking. Isn't that funny? Yeah, it's yeah. Funny how it works. Here, here's uh, what I just learned, though. I will never vacation with you. You never. I'm the worst <laughs> guy ever. I, 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 even even people, other couples that go with us, they say Frank's screwed up. I mean, <laughs> relax, we, we, dude. Relax. I mean, you're vacationing, but but I'm just that guy. I can't stop. I, I'm I'm weird that way. Um, tell me about um Gardner Minshew. What what. What is he thinking? How is that going to work? Is it just standard? I'm free agent. Let's see who calls the agent. I mean, take me through. No, nah, I mean, there's a there's a plan in place that he and his people on that side have. Um, we have a training plan in place that obviously is fluid depending on where he's going right. to go. But this year, he's not coming here. We're going back down to Naples. Right. Um, and going to spend the offseason down there with him. Uh, and then, you know, free agency opens, I guess, what, March? Yeah, March 13th. Yeah. Or, yeah. March official, 14th, officially, yeah. There's, there's some – Illegal. I mean, there's some legal tampering before that. Yeah. Yeah. Middle yeah. Of, middle of March, yeah. Right. And I. I mean, I think obviously he's one of the more interesting free agents this year. You know, oh, overall. No, no question. No question. Well, I to me the we've talked about Pittsburgh, and I think mm-hmm. that'd be a great fit for Gardner. But I'm really intrigued if Belichick does get the Atlanta job, and he may not. It seems like the momentum may be fading there a little bit for that to happen, but we'll see. If if Belichick gets to Atlanta. And and he's going to obviously focus on the defense. He's already got Drake London and Kyle Pitts mm-hmm. and B. John Robinson. I, I'm you know everybody's everybody's going to want Cousins. That's going to be the top. But only one team's going to get Cousins, and he might go back to Minnesota. Yeah. If Gardner Minshew gets to Atlanta with Bill Belichick and the weapons there in that division, 
I think they could be a 12 and five team next year. Yeah, in that division, no doubt. Now, I, I, I think the year that he had this year, not only he never lacked confidence. That was not his issue. But I don't think it only gave confidence in general managers. I, gave, I think it gave confidence in players around the league to yeah, go, yeah. all right, if this dude's with us, we, we're going to make a run. Right. Like, we got a chance to make a run. Because I think most teams, right or not, would look at that indie roster and believe that they are equal or better to that roster. Um, and, and he took them within a breath. Do you think Gardner would be bothered by Belichick's lack of offensive success recently, or do you think he'd look at playing for Belichick I, as a big positive? I don't think Gardner cares. I, I, I can tell you Gardner and Brock are very similar in this. Put a ball down, blow the whistle, and let's see what the score ends up. Like That's the only thing that those two yeah. guys care about. The biggest question with Gardner Minshew is, will somebody give him a chance to be their starter? Not the backup that comes in in an emergency role, but they're starter, and, and hopefully they will. But that's the question, right? Yeah, and there's there's layers to that too, Frank, because it's, okay, let's say, hypothetically, let's go Atlanta. Let's say they bring Gardner in. Are they also drafting somebody? They're not. Okay, so okay, so are they going to draft somebody next year? Is but, their plan. But, yeah. but I hear you. Is Gardner you. a bridge yes. right, to yeah. that? And, and well, maybe I think he, he is. I think he would have to well, be. And that's probably yeah. where he is, yeah. right? But I think in his mind, I just want that one year, it's my team opportunity and then if you win enough, they're right. not going to draft somebody. Well, that's the year. thing. If yeah. you're the bridge, but you win 12. Right. And they've got the 26th pick. Right. Probably not going quarterback at 26. Right, right. So, I, I, you know, I think he's obviously just always looking for that opportunity, and he's just kind of fallen into some unfortunate situations. Anthony Richardson's back in the area. Yeah. Okay, so. Um, Good to see you, Ant. Is there a God, he's big, y'all. That's what you were saying. Yeah, <laughs> you were saying, uh, Then he came in and said, man, he's big. I said, he gotten bigger? He says, no, he just, I just hadn't seen him <laughs> I just I saw him every day for so yeah. long, and he walked out there today. Yeah. And all these guys are big. Emory Jones is a big guy. Yeah. Anthony walks up, he's like, what is that? Like, he's yeah. massive. You know, by the way, Emory Jones didn't turn out to be a great quarterback in Florida, and he struggled even at Arizona State and East Carolina. But I think it'd be cool if he made. He's a good guy. He he tried really hard. He never complained about the people complaining about he him. He has not played his last football. He is a very Thank talented you. kid, and yeah. I don't know if it's NFL or Canada or what it is. I got you. I got you. But he's he's very talented. He's very athletic. He's got a skill set the NFL really really likes. Um, I don't think he's played his last game. Yeah, well, today's football, he certainly does. Well, and and I think a good a guy that I would want Emory to have a conversation with if it could be worked out. To me, it, Josh Johnson is he's played on I think seventeen teams. Yeah, but he's always in. He's always got a job. He's always I think he started against the Jaguars and won yeah. three or four years ago. I think he was quarterback in Tampa Bay, but he's just really cerebral, but obviously brings a lot of athleticism to the position, and uh, that could be the kind of career that Emory had. And look, that's a that's a great pension. Oh, I mean. And it's, well, it, I think I think Emory has two things going for him it, it, along those lines. Is he's such a good teammate too? Everybody loves Emory. He loves the game of football. He's very smart. He helps other people prepare. That will always have you a spot in the NFL once you get in. Look at Nate Peterman. Nate Peterman is still playing. Yeah. Nate Peterman is the ultimate quarterback room guy. Very smart. Knows every play, every defense, everything. Emory has that too. Yeah. Right. So I think it's just can you get in front of the right people. Can you get in camp? Can you get on the team and then show that? And that does mean a ton. It means because, look, so much. Carson Wentz didn't have a job for yep. the first, like, what, 12 weeks yep. of this season yep. until the Rams signed him late. He should absolutely have it. From a talent standpoint, yep. Carson Wentz should have a job. 
but he's got a reputation for right. not being the easiest guy to be in the room with. Yeah. And so he didn't have a job for a in, long time. In today's day and age where there's not 64, there's 96 quarterbacks now because of this three-quarterback emergency rule. Like, there is a place for that guy. If you help the starter win football games, and if you are there when he walks off the sideline and he trusts you, um, there's a place for you in the NFL. I can tell you this. There's, no one will tell you this and won't call it this, but there's a position. There's a new position in baseball considered defensive catcher, and, and every roster has got, got one, and it's a position. Mm-hmm. You, you don't start very often. You might start every fifth day. You may start the day game after the night game, but you're there to handle the staff. You're there to help your pitchers get better. You're there to probably help your young catcher who can hit get better. And it's a position. Yep. It's a position. Uh, and it pays. Yeah, Austin Hedges had it. Okay. Well, I think backup quarterback is a position. I think it's a position in the NFL. No one calls it that, but C.J. Beathard. And there, there's guys like Case Keenum. There's a thousand guys like that. They're great in the room. No doubt. They may never be starters. And, again, to Gardner Minshew's credit, that's, he doesn't want to be that yet. Right. Nor, nor should. He's young enough that he shouldn't be pursuing that yet. But you can land there and have a heck of a life. You know, with, with, the, with the way they've done the CBA, and th- that, that position you're speaking of can be the third guy too now. Yeah. I, I think we're getting so good at the quarterback position that those second guys are going to be pretty dang good, yeah. like really, really good. But those, to your point, you can make a lot of money. You can, Chase Daniel made how much money in the NFL being I, that guy? I told you my Shane Matthews story. Yeah. I told my Shane Matthews. Shane Matthews, save for people that didn't hear it, Shane and I were doing a television show together every week. He came and said, dude, I got to go. Uh, I got called by the Dolphins. Saban was the coach. Saban calls Shane. He goes down there for three weeks at the end of the season. Never takes a snap. Never took a snap. Came back, finished the show with me. I said, I said. You said never even took a snap in practice, yeah, right? Ne- never even took a yeah. snap. Did not get a rep in practice. He was yeah. the third guy. <laughs> Sat in meetings. He, right. Zero reps in practice. Came back in um, – and I said, uh, I said, uh, dude, I'm sorry, getting to get into place. Said, dude, don't, don't apologize to me. I didn't want to take a snap. Yeah. And then he showed me his check. I'll tell you what it was. But you know what? <laughs> a check for three weeks, and it got him to 14 years, yeah. which got his pension. Yeah. But he, but he showed me the check for three weeks to not take a, to be there three weeks and not take a snap in practice. Pretty damn good check. Yeah. Let me yeah. just tell you that, okay? But, and like Shane, and we were talking about Nate, talk about Chase Daniel, and talk about all these guys. Like if you asked the average person, even a Gator fan. Right. How many years does Shane Matthews play in the NFL? I think most of them would probably guess five, six, That's seven. Right. That's right. Fourteen. Right? Fourteen. And he's yeah, living fourteen well. years fully pensioned. Yep. So, so there you go. Right. Danny, great work. Awesome. Danny Thompson Thanks. is the uh, quarterback whisperer. Back in a moment. Stay with us. The Frangie Show live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on the Frangie Show. Nimnik. Your friends in the car business since 1941. Hey, Frangie Hayes, Carl, and R.J. Saunders. Lauren Brooks has the hour off. She'll be back for Helmets and Heels with Mia and Taylor. But, I mean, Hayes has something to say. Now, Hammer Time with Hayes. Brought to you by Golden Hammer Roofing and Gutters. The golden standard in roofing. It's time for Trent Baalke to talk to his fans. Uh, you guys out there, you pay a lot of money to go to Jaguar games. You pay a lot of money to, go, to travel, to watch the Jaguars. You buy the apparel, the merchandise. You support the team. Your general manager has been silent, and that's not good enough, and he deserves to be called out for it. Uh, this is a, a credit to Ryan O'Halloran, who covers the Bills, our, our good buddy. 
Brandon Bean, the Buffalo general manager, answered questions for 63 minutes today. Now, I'm not saying Trent Baalke has to give an hour of his time to us, but it would be nice to have a 20, 25-minute session where Trent Baalke fields questions from reporters about the direction of this team. There's nothing to you, – you've made all your staff hires – uh, basically, I mean, you, you've got your, your coordinators in place and obviously you have a head coach in place. I, I get that you don't want to be the, the messenger during the season that you think that's Doug's job. Well, the season's been over for weeks now and it's time for the Jaguar fan base who has many questions. It's time for those questions to be answered and the media is their conduit to do that. Trent Baalke needs to talk to the Jacksonville Jaguar fan base. And he, he needs to do it now. All right. Be interesting. You think it's coming, by the way? You think it's coming? I don't know. I mean, it, it's one of those things that it's been normally. I mean, most clubs, I mean, again, Buffalo season just ended, and the general manager is speaking on Tuesday. Uh, their season ends Sunday, 48 hours later, the general manager is speaking. I mean, it's normally quick you know, after the season. That's normally how it goes. And I don't think he's under any league obligation to speak, but I think you owe it to the fans. Trent Baalke makes a lot of money doing what he does. Well, the reason he makes that money is because there's such interest in the NFL because there's people that take their disposable income and, and place it in enjoying Jaguars football. I, you know, this isn't for us. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I'd very, be very curious to see what he says, but I think it's unfair and I think it's bad business to shut your fans out, particularly when you see a general manager who just went through a gutting loss 48 hours ago, answering questions for over an hour and, and you can't talk at all. So I, I, you know, hopefully it does happen. Um, but but it, it should have happened by now. I mean, why why should it be weeks after your season ends for it to take place? Uh, so, I, but hopefully it happens. I think the fans, uh, they've invested a lot in this team. I think they need to hear from the general manager. And obviously, there's not going to be any change. Uh, so I don't know what's holding it up. Uh, our Rick Ballou, by the way, Rick stays on top of this stuff, is reporting four minutes ago. That Dave Huxtable, I'm going to read Rick's uh, tweet. Uh, I'm told Dave Huxtable will be joining the Jaguars staff. He was a senior defensive assistant in Atlanta. Again, that's from our Rick Ballou. Uh, Rick is reporting that on X. Um, uh, Dave Huxtable, so I'm looking him up. Again, this is Rick's break. He's the one that had it. Um, uh, he said he is 67 years old, veteran guy. Uh, I guess the, the equivalent of Bob Sutton, Bob Sutton. Bob Sutton was on the staff. Uh, but he's been he's been around forty years doing it. Was with the Falcons last year. Before that, the last two years was with Saban at Alabama. So he was an analyst with with Saban. But and I see in NC State he was he was obviously at NC State with um, Nielsen because he was at NC State two thousand thirteen through nineteen as the coordinator and linebackers coach. That's when Ryan Nielsen was the defensive line coach. So that's where there that's where that relationship began apparently. So they were at NC State together. And according to uh, our Rick Ballou, um, that Dave Huxtable will be coming with uh, Ryan Nielsen. I would imagine Rick's pretty sharp. I'd imagine if Rick's reporting it is probably happening. Um, I would also tell you, I think you'll see some other names, wouldn't you imagine, coming up 
uh, that, that have worked with Ryan Neal. Yeah, I mean, now that, that he's been hired, I would think in the next 72 hours, you would pretty much round out the staff. I mean, there could be some guys that he's interested in that are still competing this weekend in, in the Final Four, basically. But, you know, you would think that the lion's share of, of this defensive staff can be rounded out now. Yeah, so we'll, so we'll see what – I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see what happens. I'm intrigued to see who winds up here. I'm intrigued to see what winds up happening with this staff. I'm excited about what uh, – where, the, where these guys are moving forward. So we'll certainly talk more about that uh, as we come up. Do you, by the way, agree that what a lot of people are guessing that the scheme changes and th- that, that, it, that it, it becomes a 4-3 scheme now? I would think. I mean, I, I wouldn't imagine that they would take his one year as coordinator and say, we like this, but we'd rather you switch to what we like uh, because now you basically are taking an inexperienced coordinator and, and taking even more experience away from him. So I would think that, you know, Doug in his statement that they released uh, certainly complimented uh, Nielsen's Atlanta defense and, and, and made a point of saying, it you know, the defense that, that we went against this season and saw, you know, yeah. up front. So I, I would think that it's going to be Nielsen's scheme over here and the Jaguars then adjusting to that. So if it is a 4-3 scheme, Trayvon Walker would seem to fit that perfectly. Sure. And so so I would assume if, if – and again, let's be clear. No one said that, but let's, let's guess for a second. If we're guessing it's a 4-3 scheme, then Trayvon and Josh Allen are 4-3 or, or ends. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, again, both could play that. And then, then your mix of Devon Hamilton, if he can get back to full health, Roy Robertson Harris, Foley Fadakasi, if he's back. Um, yeah, there's no chance he's back. You would, I, I'd be shocked if yeah, they bring him so, back. So, so I, I don't completely disagree. I kind of agree with that. But, uh, but then the nickel look you see all the time up front. You'd have all the time. You see a nickel, you'd have all the time. Interesting stuff. Yeah, it's going to be really cool to see how it all blends together. All right. Um, RJ, let's do some takeaways. Now, today's takeaways, brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. It really was cool talking with Denny and and the quarterbacks. My takeaway is just uh, how just magnificently blessed we are in this league right now with the great quarterback play that is out there. And and certainly we even really get to Lamar, uh, who obviously uh, had a tremendous performance against the Texans as well. So, uh, it's 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 all different stories. It's Mahomes is obviously chasing the the you know title of greatest ever. Uh, Lamar looking for uh, a big legacy postseason for him after some some failures early in his career. Brock Purdy aiming to be one of the most unlikely Super Bowl quarterbacks that we've ever seen. And then you've got Jared Goff who was sort of the forgotten piece of a trade that that may lead a franchise that's just been desperate for success. Uh, to the greatest euphoria that they've had in, in 50 years. So really cool stuff. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, look forward to seeing what happens uh, from here. All right, let's say hello to Mia. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com careers. Equal opportunity employer. You told me to get here a little bit earlier. Yeah, I did. So, Mia, so we, I deliver, you know. I think you were the best. Let me tell you what we did, Mia. We did a, to that end, we did a poll mm. on the program, uh, and the three of us uh, asked, how, we asked how many college men's basketball players we could name that are currently okay. playing. We got Zach Eady, 
Uh, I got Hunter Dickinson. That's about it. And we can't count. We couldn't count Florida players or players we've seen play against Florida. Okay. We got two. How'd we do? I mean, you have the number one and arguably number two national player of the year, unless okay. we want to get into the we got, weeds here about we some some of the some of the guys that are out there at Dayton and okay. Colorado State, Utah okay. State. So we, I will I will spare you of those. R.J. Two. Davis, perhaps for more of a mainstream. No, we know we have a lot of Tar Heel fans yeah, here. Never never heard of him. Um, I when I did look up Armando Baycott, we should have had yep. that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a guy named Kyle Filipkowski from Duke. Yep. I've never heard of. Yep. Ryan for. Kelleher for Creighton. Is that right? Uh. Okay, no, it's um Calib. It's Cal Brower. Calib Brank. Never heard of him either. Yes. Uh, Tyler, somebody from Marquette. Should I know him? Yes, Tyler Kolick. He's probably the best point guard in America. Never heard of him either. Yep. And I do think we saw Wade Taylor from A and M because he played against Florida last yes. year. Yes. That's what I got. How do we do? Pretty good. How would you grade us? I mean, hey, it's not bad. There's a couple Mia's of all too, Americans Mia's, on that list. Me is too nice a person <laughs> you, to tell us what kind of dumbass <laughs> right, we really exactly. are. So thank you. I for got that. another name yeah. that I know Lauren knows because she's a huge fan of his. Uh, after he. Curb stomp the Gators. Dalton Connect. Yeah, now, now yeah. we didn't know. I said we we could we didn't want to take people we saw play the Gators. Oh, okay, all right. The Gators. Okay. So that's all we got. So <laughs> okay. So we didn't do it. So she's too nice to tell us we're dumbasses. Yeah. So Not awful. The, you didn't so say that. Big Z though. Who who's that? Big Z. I'm gonna pull his name up on my Z? phone. I know this is great radio, but you guys are gonna love Listen, this. We um, didn't even know the Creighton. Guy. I I, I can't Big tell Z. you a player Big that Z. plays for Duke right so now. So Big Z. So I first heard about Big Z over the summer because I heard yeah. about John Calipari trying to bring in this Croatian oh, this, kid. The Kentucky His amateur kid. status oh. was Lauren in brought up. Lauren did. Yeah. Bring up. Yeah. Foye Aluakin, who of course uh, noted 1010XL NBA and basketball insider, uh, comes to me in September and was like. This kid is going to change the trajectory of Kentucky's season. This is in September. And I'm like, are you sure he's even going to be eligible? He's like, trust me. Um, well, it took about, you know, two months of the season. But Big Z, Zvonimir Visic is finally eligible. How about that? And he absolutely dunked on Georgia on oh, Saturday. Oh, great, because yeah. Florida goes there next Wednesday. And, uh, and now everybody thinks Kentucky's going to win the national championship. So practice saying that one. Zvonimir Visic. I've been listening to a couple of my podcasts okay. to, like, practice it myself. Nice. Yeah, so. yeah, I'm probably not going to practice it. Yeah, okay. but just call him Big Z. Okay. It's a unless, lot of fun. Unless he's going to be like a move tight end for the Texans next year, I don't need, need to be <laughs> able to say Maybe a chance, it. but yeah. So, so yeah. But here's the thing, Frank. We talked about this during the handoff from XL Primetime. Yeah. Did you guys do the same exercise on the women's side? Well, I, I told I told the story. I, I said on the air, I said, Mia made a great point. We could quickly name two women, which is faster. We could Everybody can name Angel Reese and, and Caitlin Clark. You probably could, could name a couple more, too. Yeah, yeah, well, but I certainly could name those two. Right. And that's two more than we got on the men's side. Exactly. So. I mean, and well, look. Why do, you, why do you, let me tell you my theory. Yeah. It's because nobody stays anymore. Yep. People change teams. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, I could tell you the, the running Rebs of the early 90s. Mm-hmm. We could all name all five of the Fab Five. I mean, five years ago, Zion. Right. And R.J. Barrett yeah. and the crew in, at Duke that year. By the way, when, when Michael Jordan hit the shot in 82, 10 years before you were born, mm-hmm. when he may hit the shot in 82 to win the national championship, I could tell you the other four starters. Right. Okay, see, but I can't tell you anybody playing now. And, and that, I, mean, I can't either. I mean, I'm, I'm the worst at it. You remember I mean, the other starters on that team? Worthy, Perkins. Uh, Perkins. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Black and Matt Doherty. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that, so, so I can name those, but I can't tell you who's playing tonight. Right. And to, and to your point, in the women's game, they have to stay a minimum of three years or until they are 21 years old. So even Caitlin Clark, she just turned 22 on Monday, yeah. technically because she wasn't 21 last year before January 1. She wasn't eligible last year to I didn't even know that. Did you know that? Mm-mm. So and you so, so you yeah. can't go to the WNBA after one year? No. I did not know that. You just you, uh, I, I, I look mean, at I'll, what it's done for the brand. Yeah. You know what? That's a great point. That's a great point. All right. That's good stuff. So, all right. what, what do you think of Ryan Nielsen? 
A uh, good hire. Uh, probably the best hire they could have made. Um, I know Avero was certainly um, the apple of a lot of people's eyes as well. I'd be curious to see if he gets a head coaching job, but I think that the Jags, if they had gone that route, would have waited at the altar a little too long. Um, in terms of the names that they did interview, look, I mean, the most experienced was Wink Martindale. Conflicting styles, perhaps. Um, by all accounts, from what I've been told, Doug Peterson wants more pressure he wants the full Todd Bowles, the fur, the full wing Martindale. Like he wants blitzes. He wants guys who will be getting in a quarterback's face. And this guy is the best up and coming guy who can do that. I, I like what's coming up tonight. Oh well, we got a full slate of, of course, our our heels highlights as we are now calling them. Of course, um, we'll also dive into Lauren's uh, gymnastics updates because though that's a thing that's also happening. Yeah, not sure. Right. Not sure if you've been uh, if you've been following, but yeah, we got to give her an update. We gotta get an update. Yeah, see. we got gymnastics is here um, as as well as uh, we will talk about um, Caitlin Clark. I know I know you're surprised about that and court storming. Is it good? Is it not good? Yes, we. We are still debating that even without our good friend Matt Hayes, who is on the injured reserve list. Um, talk a little UNF hoops as well, the great season they've had. And we will also discuss the craziest things we saw at tailgates this year, beginning and ending with the Buffalo Bills fans who are crazy. Sounds good. Thanks, Jim. Thank Mia you. and Taylor and Lauren, they go in. They uh, have uh, Helmets and Heels comes up right now. Folks, that'll do it for our program. Don't go anywhere, though. Helmets and Heels comes up right now. We'll be back tomorrow, same bad time, same bad channel. For Hayes, Lauren, and RJ, I'm Frank Frangie. So long.